welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating crazy chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Kendra. And I'm Jeff. And today we're talking all about roosters. For many backyard chicken keepers, having a rooster is part of keeping a flock. For new keepers, you could be questioning the addition of a rooster. Despite the stories you may have heard, there are a lot of pros and cons to raising roosters. Today we're going to cover all you need to know about roosters in your flock. To help clarify, a young male chicken under a year old is called a cockerel. A rooster is an adult male chicken and also affectionately known as ruse. That's how I call my roosters. I refer to them all as ruse, and that's how I call them when I have treats, of course. Now, we get a lot of questions about roosters, and one of the most common ones we hear is, do you need a rooster for eggs? And the short answer is no. Kendra, what's the long answer? (laughs) (laughs) The long answer is hens naturally lay eggs. If you're looking for fertile eggs, you need a rooster to fertilize the egg to make baby chicks. Now, if you have a rooster in your flock, you can still eat the fertilized eggs. It makes no difference to the average person. You just want to make sure that you're collecting them on a more regular basis because if you're leaving them in your coop for extended periods of time, that's when baby chicks can develop. So you want to make sure that you're collecting them regularly. Now, the big thing with having a rooster on your homestead is it really benefits you if you're looking for self-sufficiency. So if you're on your homestead for the purpose of growing and raising your own food and being more self-sufficient, a rooster is a step in the right direction because it does produce those fertile eggs. So technically, you could place an order for one batch of chickens, including hens and roosters in that. And you could hatch your own eggs year after year and continue to grow your flock. Or you could be breeding out specific breeds that you're interested in and selling those birds technically. Um, So there's a couple of different options there. One for just straight up food for you and your family and two, possibly making a little bit of money. We did that. We, We kept a rooster per breed and built them up and sold the offspring, made some extra money on the side. And a lot of people do that. And especially not even like shipping wise, a lot of times you'll just find people in your community that are interested in certain breeds um, or are looking for a local source. And that's a perfectly reasonable way to go. And another way to sell them is you could go to a poultry show, which I highly recommend everybody do. You'll be around other wonderful people who are into poultry. The poultry people are the nicest people in the world. And it's a lot of fun. And you'll see breeds you've never seen before. Uh, There's a big show coming up, the Ohio Nationals. If you've never been, you should. It's one of the largest poultry shows in the nation. And there's a place called Trader's Row there where you can sell your chickens. Now, on your homestead, the main difference between roosters and hens are their appearance. So a lot of times when you're raising the two, you'll notice roosters have thicker legs or shanks, as they're technically called. They get tail feathers that are a lot larger. Um, Obviously, they crow. A lot of times their combs can be larger. Now, all of these attributes of a rooster are purely to attract mates, which is interesting. So the larger wattles and comb, if they are, it's called tidbitting, which we've talked about in previous episodes when they find food. They sometimes do a little dance to attract the hens over and it's purely to attract hens. So that's the main difference in their appearances. 
If you go to our website and take a look at the photos of the males, you will notice that they are some of the most beautiful chickens that you will have ever seen. If all you've done is looked at the female, you're really in for a treat. If you look at the males, they're the beautiful ones. I just have to say that we're good looking. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Now, my favorite part of keeping roosters in my flock is to protect my hens. And we really kicked off the month of October with episodes about guards. And roosters are an excellent guard to your entire flock. Now, like I said, um, they really do alert to predators, which is really nice, but they also alert your hens to food. So I don't know if you've ever noticed, but they kind of do a different dance and a different crow or squawk, however you want to describe it, cluck to attract the hens over. And they'll make sure the girls eat first before the rooster eats. So it's kind of funny. So next time you go out to feed your flock, if you do have a rooster, pay attention to them and you'll probably notice that as well. Now, one of the biggest concerns I hear and see from a lot of customers is the fear of too many roosters in their flock. And if you do have more roosters than hens, they can tear up your hens. So if you've ever heard of the product, like a chicken apron is usually what they're called or a chicken saddle. It's a basically like a cloth covering you can put on the back of your chicks when roosters mate with hens over mating them because they don't have enough females in your flock. It can tear the feathers off the back of a hen. Um, It can be really bad, especially during molting season because they're already scarce on feathers. And so sometimes it can cause bleeding and things like that on your hens. So just make sure you have a good hen to rooster ratio if you are going to have multiple roosters in your flock. And what is that ratio? I usually suggest one to 10. I know a lot of breeders, if you are specifically breeding, usually the ratio is one rooster to like three females. That's what we did. So it can depend on your purposes. But for average, like backyard flocks, I try to keep it at least one to 10. Now, I do have more than one rooster in my flock. And if you hatch your own chicks, you should be prepared that you will have several roosters that end up hatching. Um, That's the nice part about ordering from the hatchery is that you can select just females. And so you don't have to worry about having roosters. So typically we process our roosters when we process our meat birds, but you know, there's always like those oopsie chicks that just seem to hatch from nowhere. In fact, I have a broody hen I just found today sitting on some eggs. So I'm sure within the next week or so, I'll have some more chicks that I was not wanting to have. (laughs) So um, that's basically how I ended up with more than one rooster. I have two Moran's roosters. I purposely cap a second one because I really, really like my Moran's rooster. I've heard bad horror stories about them, um, but mine have been great. So I am chancing it with another Moran's to try to see if he has the same temperament. I also have a blue Americana rooster. He's a splash. He's really pretty. He's kind of a scaredy cat. He's lowest on the totem pole. And I did have a silky rooster, but he got picked up by a hawk. So he's gone now. I'm trying to think if I have anybody else. I think that's it. I think those are my three main roosters right now. But like I said, I do have one batch of oopsie chicks that I know there's a couple of roosters in there I'm going to have to get rid of. And then we'll see what this hen hatches out shortly. (laughs) But to give you reference, so I do have three roosters, but overall, I probably have 100 birds, 
hundred chickens at least. I know I'm up to 13 turkeys. I have officially counted those. So I have plenty of hens to go around so I can keep that many. Now, the question is, when you do have that many roosters, a lot of times people are concerned about them fighting. Um, Because I do free range, they have plenty of room to get away from each other. So when I first let them out to feed, they do occasionally go after each other a little bit. Not anything too aggressive, you know, just showing dominance. No one's getting like eyes packed or blood or anything like that. And it's really just based on integration. So I also integrate my new flock into my existing flock a little bit younger before hormones hit, which is usually around that 12 week stage. And that tends to help too. So they're already integrated before they're ready to fight (laughs) is my philosophy. And it has worked out for me so far, knock on wood. Now, along the same lines of aggressive roosters, I have had my fair share of roosters that did not behave themselves. So I've talked about them before. I had a Lakeshore Eger rooster who was an accidental roo, and then I had a Wellsummer rooster. Both were really good for, you know, probably their first 16-ish weeks of life. They would eat out of my hand. They were fine. Um, They were the one that attacked the neighbor when he came over to feed them. So they weren't used to, I mean, they were doing their job protecting the flock technically, but they did not really like anyone else except me because I was the feeder, right? So a couple weeks after all of that had happened, they kind of started to turn on me too. And at that point, I didn't have time to try to correct it. We just processed them with our meat birds. So that's how those two roosters went. But there are ways that you can try to change your rooster's temperament. A lot of people try to raise roosters from a really young age and handle them a lot so that, again, they get used to you being picked up and held and fed and interacted with. Um, The other way that you can do it is if they start getting aggressive, you can actually try to hold your rooster for a certain amount of time each day. That's what we did. Or my son did. And it worked for him. But then he was the only one that chicken was friendly with. Everybody else, watch out. Those spurs hurt. And it really does just depend. Like every breed is different. Every individual bird is different. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you're not so lucky. So it's really hard to say. Obviously, the breeds like Orpingtons, Bard Rocks, Black Australorps are family-friendly breeds that we typically recommend. Those are usually good ones to get started with um, and try a rooster from. I know a lot of people have really liked um, the Orpington roosters and have had good luck with them. But like I said, I've had good luck with Moran's. I've heard other people that have not. So it really just comes down to the individual bird. Now, speaking of spurs. They hurt. They do hurt. (laughs) So if you're not familiar, that's how roosters attack. When they feel threatened, they will kind of fly up and they, they pull their legs up towards their stomach and put their spurs out. And that's what they'll stick you with. Now, I have not had an issue with being stuck by a spur. Other people in my household have. And let me tell you, it leaves a puncture wound. I mean, it's a hole in your leg (laughs) is what it looks like if they get to you. They can cause a lot of damage. So if you do have an aggressive rooster that's attacking repeatedly and you have young children, that's something to consider. They can do some serious damage. Now, there is the question of removing spurs. I know a lot of people have talked about that before or asked questions about those. You can trim them. 
So if you integrate uh, chickens together and say maybe like you're gifted a rooster or you're just concerned about fighting in your flock because you know you have a really dominant rooster, you can take them and trim down the talons so that they don't puncture each other. It gets more of a blunt end versus that sharp end. Really what those spurs are made out of is carotene, which is the same thing like your nails are made out of. So you can trim them with like some snips. They are a little bit tougher. So I know like dog nail clippers don't really work well. If you have like a rotary tool that you can grind them down with, that works really well. And they really are just like a dog nail or a fingernail. They have a blood vessel in it. So if you trim them down too far, it will cause bleeding and you will need some like blood stop powder to help reduce that. So if you look at the clear nail, you can see it in there and you just want to make sure you're not clipping it down too far. There are people that have talked about removing spurs altogether. That is super painful for your bird and we do not recommend doing that. So a lot of times you'll hear people using a hot baked potato and sticking it on the spur. It softens the nail and then they'll peel them off or peel the outer layer off. Um, And that's basically like Think if you stuck your finger in a baked potato to soften it and then you ripped your fingernail off, like it would hurt for several weeks after. So don't do that to your birds. If you are concerned, try cutting them down a little bit or using that rotary tool to grind it off so it's a blunt end. A lot of times callers will ask me, hey, can I have a rooster? Well, that depends on where you live and what your city ordinances are. And that's where you have to look. You have to call up town hall, find out what your local city says. Uh, There's been a movement in the last few years about relaxing the restrictions on chickens in the towns, and it's become more popular. And so there's a lot of places where you can now have chickens that you were not allowed to have them before. Roosters, uh, most towns say no, but you got to check your own. And I think a lot of that comes down to like a noise ordinance with roosters, which is kind of a cheap shot in my opinion, because a rooster's crow is no different than a dog bark. It's really not any louder than a dog barking. Um, And what I think is interesting too, just as a fun fact, is roosters can actually crow any time of day. So I know early morning hours is when it's typically associated with crowing, but just like the temperament, just like personalities, some roosters will crow all day, every day, and some just crow in the morning or some just crow, you know, to help with alerting. So it's interesting if you watch your birds, the difference in the crowing. So definitely make sure you're reaching out before you make an order. I know that's a Again, why a lot of people in urban areas like to order their birds from a hatchery because they can select just females um, and why a lot of times they don't like hatching because if they do get roosters, then they have to find some way to rehome them or possibly butcher them before they get crowing age if they're up for that task. So if you're at the end of this episode and thinking, okay, well, what's the point, Kendra and Jeff? (laughs) There really are, like we said, pros and cons, and it depends on your setup and your reasoning. If you want a rooster to help protect your flock and make your homestead more self-sufficient, roosters are absolutely an awesome addition to your entire flock. 
If you're in an urban area that doesn't allow roosters or you're not interested in fertilized eggs for hatching, then there really is no reason to have a rooster. You can get away with just having hens and enjoying the eggs for breakfast and having a family-friendly flock. Again, if you have any questions about roosters, I hope you reach out to us in our Facebook page, The Coop, and ask. Both Jeff and I have had tons of experience with them and would love to help find the perfect roo for your flock. Now, as you begin to plan your spring flocks, or maybe you're like me and are pondering a last minute addition, we hope this episode all about roosters alleviates your concerns and encourages you to add to your flock. And with that, we thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week.